My career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Money, 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 money. Okay, all of us gay guys like money. I mean, maybe some of you don't. Maybe some of you just like, hey, it's, it's it's a means to an end, but... With all the things we try to do to be fabulous, 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 sometimes, many times, many of us don't manage our money very well. And today I thought it would be a great thing to kick off the new year talking about money stuff since you probably got some lovely little bills for all those presents you thought you had to buy that you didn't really have to buy that you shouldn't be feeling guilty about buying for someone when you think you have to buy, you know, shut up, Rick, just, you know, get to the point of <laughs> let's not spend money when we don't need to spend money. And to help us out here, I've got two guys, they have their own podcast, Queer Money Podcast. They're known as the Debt Free Guys and David and John Schneider. I just, I don't know, these guys, I've been following them for quite a while, and they got some good stuff, boys, men. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Let's go kick some money, bud. How do we do that? Okay? <laughs> Hello you. there. Thank you for having us. <laughs> of course, of course. So um, so uh, we are recording this on a day that you guys are making a little money move, right? You're, you're trying to get uh, something done. Yeah. We're trying to right now. We're in the finishing stages of getting a rental to go on the market. And uh, as I was saying before the show, every time we turn around, there's always one little more thing to do before we can actually wrap it up and put it on the market. But hopefully in the next couple of days. Awesome. Yeah. And it does usually one little more thing to do mean also one little more money to spend on it? Usually too. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've driven to Home Depot in the last 48 hours. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So... so- one of the things that John and I are doing is we're house hacking. Uh, we bought a duplex. Uh, we moved to Toledo, Ohio um, and bought a duplex so that we could, uh, one, be able to start investing in some real estate, but also uh, we so that we could uh, lower our li- cost of living uh, so that mm-hmm. we could put more money towards the financial goals that we have for when we're ready to retire or even in the short term, there's some goals that we have. Um, so you're right; it's a it's a money move of us uh, getting a uh, a rental on the market. But it's really um, the primary focus is some long term goals that we want to reach uh, with our money, and uh, and that really kind of has been the our I think it's been our 2022 focus because we really started this in January of 2022. I came to Toledo to look at properties uh, with our real estate investing coach who you already had on the show, Tom, uh, of, of the frugal gay. Uh, and, uh, and that has kind of been our focus in 2022 has been, how do we pack up our stuff, move across the country, get into a duplex, make it our own and get one of the units ready for rental. (laughs) Nice. Very cool. And that's one of the things I think a lot of people in general, like, okay, they don't think, try to think big picture, like, well, let's just put this little bit away and then let's put the, you know, Oh, wait, wait, we need to use that because this came up or we need to use this because we really need a great vacation or something. And I think so many people miss that point. And then we get into our own lovely community and there's so much pressure to be seen or to do certain things and show up. And I was actually having a conversation with one of my clients about this this past week. And he's like, well, you know, I blew the money on this this weekend. I'm like, okay, well, is that something you want to be known for is blowing money every weekend? He wants to slap the shit out of me about the time I said that, but (laughs) 
but it is interesting. So what are some of the things you see in working with our queer, you know, lovely queer community about money issues, which are probably the same as anybody, but you guys are kind of the queer money guys. So what are some trends? Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, the queer community isn't more horribly worse than the general population when it comes to money. I mean, all of us are by and large are struggling and not, not doing the best that we could. Um, but there are just some additional challenges that the LGBTQ community has. And one of them is to your point, um, especially for gay men uh, and uh, is to be fabulous. There's sort of this archetype, the stereotype of what a good gay is. And I think mm -hmm. many of us are trying to be simultaneously the best little boy in the world, as well as the best little gay in the world. Um, yeah. And so that very often that means we're spending money that we don't have uh, to try to um, make up for the past or to try to fit in with uh, whoever our circle of friends are in our present. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, that's our, that was our backstory. Uh, John and I, after being together for a little over a year and a half, um, had our aha moment and we confessed to each other that between the two of us, we had $51,000 in credit card debt. Um, at that time, we were both working in financial services, talking to other people about how they should be managing their money and setting money aside for retirement and planning for the future and all this kind of stuff. And we weren't doing any of it. It's because we felt like we needed to be taking vacations to Miami, dropping $200 right. on a happy hour, buying rounds of shots for our friends, wearing diesel jeans that cost $300. All of that stuff was kind of this, we felt like we needed to fit in because we've been mm -hmm. cast out, right? We've been cast out when we were right. kids uh, and we yep. felt like we needed to fit in to the to the ultimate group that we were a part of. And I think a lot of queer folks, um, you don't have to be a gay man. I mean, we know lesbians who feel like they have to drive the right kind of car, eat the right kind yep. of food, have the right number of pets, give to the right uh, charities, all that. There's this, all this pressure to feel like you want to fit into a group. And the, the group that you need to fit into the most is the one that you have with yourself and your partner, if you have one. Um, exactly. And, and we forget that because I think we're so, we're so used to trying to hide who we are. We've learned that growing up and trying to make everybody else out there really, really like us. And one of the easiest ways to do that in this country is to swipe the credit card or buy somebody something or show off what we have. If, even if we don't really have it, we have, yeah. we show off what we have. And it's so easy to get caught in that trap. I mean, when I was my pre quote previous part of my life, when I was married to a woman, we lived in Orange County, California, and we had to live the well. Rephrase: We thought we had to live the Orange County lifestyle, right? right. And we weren't like—I mean, we weren't like anything but be like the Orange, you know, County housewife sort of thing. But we had <laughs> the right car. The kids were going, and I don't regret a lot of it because. As much as we were in debt, and back in this day, I'm talking like in the 80, late 80s, early 90s, we were like, oh my gosh, when we finally went through the divorce, I, before the divorce, I was like, we're $16,000 in debt. This is ridiculous. Well, put it in re reality, that was a pretty good chunk of change back then. And as I tried to get that all corrected, <clears throat> it was definitely one of those things like we weren't on the same page. And then suddenly when I realized that, that not only me coming out of the closet, but that was another piece of the puzzle. And I think what you guys just, you know, really demonstrated is, hey, we had this moment, right? And we said this to each other and then we moved, but we realized as a, as a joint couple, this is what we needed to do. We don't have to be fabulous. We don't have to have all these things. Enjoy it when you can. But if you don't have that support, 
is where this whole question is coming down to. You're a single guy doing this and suddenly you have that realization. What would you recommend they do? I mean, I have ideas, but I tell them to get their shit together. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the fundamental of, of every, uh, the basis for everything that we do with the Career Money Podcast is really to try to just get the community to start talking about money. That is mm-hmm. the, the, that's the, that's the first step that we yep. need to take. Um, and David and I have pointed our fingers uh, pretty aggressively at the LGBTQ mu- LGBTQ media um, because by and large, um, the bigger names in LGBTQ media aren't having this conversation. They're, they're not guiding yep. the conversation for us. Um, we, we say that they're obsessed with what we call the three P's, penis, politics, and pop culture. If it's not one of those categories, they're not covering it because it's just simply not going to get enough clicks. So it's, yep. it's something, a conversation that we as a community need to start having on our own. And if you're a single guy uh, who uh, does, you're not partnered, um, get the conversation started with your friends. Find that one friend. Uh, yep boy, girl, whatever, guy, girl, whatever you're, you're comfortable with, but have that one friend that you can start having that conversation with. When we finally came out to each other about our financial situation, uh, after a while, we came out to our friends and family about our financial situation. And it was surprising how many people want to talk about money in a very safe, organic yes. way. People are dying to have this conversation. You're not the only one who's sitting down figuring out how am I going to pay my bills or how much should I invest in this or how do I open up a 401k? Like all these abstract uh, uh, ideas that we're not taught in school and that uh, our families and friends don't talk about. We all have these same questions. So the only way you can get answers to these questions is to start having the conversation. Yeah. I'll add, um, uh, I got a couple of thoughts here, but um, one, John and I would like for uh, gay men, especially to be as excited about their financial future as they are the next bag or pair of shoes that they bought or vacation that they're going on. The other thing is, is we go to a party and everybody drops where they've been recently. We talk about these vacations that we take, or we show off the clothing that we wear. um, And everybody loves that. Yep. But if you if you turn to somebody and say, I maxed out my 401k this year, I put $6,000 in my Roth IRA, people look at you like WTF, why are you okay. why are you talking about this kind of stuff? This is this is not this is not appropriate. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is that not appropriate? It absolutely is appropriate. That's the kind of stuff that builds uh strength in our community. John and I like to say that the that one of the pillars of a strong queer community is financially strong individuals. The politicians we need to elect, the organizations we need to support that fight for our rights, the charities that we all love to give to, those need to be funded by us as well, right? We become a stronger community when we're strong financially. But the reality is, is that most of those organizations are being funded by our straight allies and big corporations. And it, we we need to start having these kinds or should have these kinds of conversations. I don't want to shoulda, shoulda, shoulda to all of you. But the, the truth is, if we want to be happier in our in our lives, we have to be happy with our financial situation too. Yep. And too many of us, just like John and I were, we're, you know, we're not, we're, we're not uh, trying to judge people with this. We're trying to tell you, this is the mistakes we made we don't want you to make these same mistakes. And we yep. hear these kinds of mistakes from people who reach out to us in private saying, I don't know what to do. What should I do? How do I, how do I rectify this? How do I get off of this train wreck that I'm on? And we just say, we want people to not have those feelings anymore. Well, it's interesting because hiding, 
hiding your financial and not that you have to tell everybody how much money or anything that you make, but hiding your financial struggles is the same as hiding your sexuality. And I think one of the things that we as a community have as one of our greatest strengths is our ability to have come out of the closet. And even those who aren't yet out, the struggle that we have, and when you said, and this is what changed my brand completely. I mean, I was Mr. Coming Out guy, I still do that, not saying that's not what I do. But when I started doing talks on stages and stuff about coming out of the closet, about being an entrepreneur, people were like, what? I'm like, yes, you hide being an entrepreneur because, oh, you shouldn't do that. Why don't you stay in that, you know, good nine to five job, blah, 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 you know? And I think it's the same thing in our own community. Okay, you don't have to walk, you don't have to walk into, you know, the Abbey or something in West Hollywood and go, guess what? I'm $50,000 in debt. Now let's have a cocktail, right? Right. But find the places where it makes you feel safe, that you can have somebody that you can connect with the same way we do when we come out of the closet. Who can I have this conversation with to say, hey, I, I, I know I'm gay, but I don't know who I'm supposed to have this conversation with. And I think the beauty is, is with the more we normalize these conversations as society, but especially in our own community, you're not alone. You're just not alone. And I think that's a huge message you guys are taking out to the world. Plus, great stuff that you guys are, you know, offering up. So you moved to a state where you knew the cost of living. I think that's kind of one of your tweets I read earlier today was like geo arbitraging. It's like, yeah. find a way to reduce. Now, some people are going to go, but I can't afford to move out of state. <laughs> Yeah. Well, can you afford not to? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, I mean, I live in one of the most expensive states in the country, California, you know, and I feel blessed that we do well. And this is the life that we choose. Right. I can also tell you that if we were to make a move to a state, we would probably be millionaires really quickly because we just we could bank so much of that money. But not everybody has that luxury unless you choose to. I'm like, yeah. well, how many times not going out for to the bars? Or not going on a fabulous vacation would enable you to move to one other state. Yes, I know it may not be as fabulous as where you live, but this is about your long-term health and wellness, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I, I think that um, I think especially for uh, those of us who are a little bit older, um, queers. Who are you uh, calling? Oh, damn it! I wasn't going to. Older, older. We we both are we both are well past the forty mark. So yeah. Uh, but I, I think especially the us older queers, we um, we were trained that the only places that we can live in are San Francisco, L.A., Miami, Chicago, mm -hmm. Seattle, the, yeah. these big cities that now are the most expensive places to live in in the world, mm -hmm. not just for real estate, for, but for all sorts of other things. Yeah. And John and I, I think I mentioned this before, John and I moved to Toledo, Ohio. And we went to the Pride Parade in August this year. We're blown away about how welcoming, how open, and how authentic their Pride Parade felt compared to some of the big parades that we've been to in other mm -hmm. cities. Yep. And the community here is is so um it's so refreshing it feels like uh it feels like the old uh gay community that i grew up around you know when i was in my 20s it just feels those don't be scared to move somewhere because you don't think that there's going to be a gay community there there's right. gay communities in all sorts of cities and oftentimes they're more welcoming than some of the big cities. I mean, I've stood, I've stood in bars in LA and not a single person to talk to me. Or when yep. I tried to talk to someone, I wasn't in the right click. 
right? Or right. I was I was an out of towner, so they wanted nothing to do with me, right? And th- I just don't feel that here. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think too that's one of the things that you know we're not necessarily bashing like, hey, don't live in those places, but also that's- understand that if you are struggling. Look at your look at the bigger picture, you know, look at the big picture of, you know, OK, I, I'm barely, you know, making ends meet here and wow, I could move. I mean, I've had several clients move different places in California. just like, hey, I can be, you know, L.A. adjacent or, you know, San Diego adjacent or, you know, the Bay Area adjacent and just one slight move. Sure. You know, they have to be in the right frame. One of one of my clients actually moved about 40 minutes outside of the Bay Area saved him about a thousand bucks a month on rent. Okay. A thousand bucks to be able to put away a year. That's a good chunk of change for most people. And then you put it into the right things. Then things start to happen. And he was, you know, he was in his frame of mind where I love going into the city. So when I want to go, I'll go. I have a friend base there. So it's not like I can't just go stay with someone, but he goes, I I don't need to be doing this roommate share thing just to be in San Francisco. Just, wasn't his thing. So I think that the message is find what works for you, which I think is one of the underlying things you guys do really well. We're going to give you info. We're going to say, here's some ideas and do this. You know, you're like, well, you're like the Suze Orman, you know, for <laughs> gay men. Let's just, let's go that direction. So we came out she can be, before she can she be a little vicious at times, but I'm like, okay, Suze, come on. You're one but, of us you know, back and down. Uh, we're talking about moving and, and that for a lot of people that that's kind of a deer in the headlights kind of suggestion. Like I, I can't do mm-hmm. that for whatever reason. And a lot of it is, is typically mental, but you don't have to be that drastic all the time for, for most people and, and brace yourself. This is because I, I know that our community does not like to hear this. Most of us don't have an income problem. Most mm-hmm. of us have a spending problem. Now, that doesn't exactly. dis, I'm not trying to disenfranchise those of us who do actually have an authentic uh, income problem, but a majority of us don't have that in the United States. And for most of us, if we just did a spending analysis, looked at where we were spending our money, where all of it was going, mm-hmm. for most of us, we just need to rein in or cut one, two, three expenses. That would have a drastic influence or effect on our financial situation. So right. what what is that for you? What is that for, you know, for David and me, we didn't realize how much money we were spending on. I mean, we should have predicted it, but we didn't realize how much money we were spending on wine and liquor. Um, mm-hmm. And we weren't, we didn't think we didn't have an alcohol problem, but we spent a lot of money on it. And then we had to ask ourselves, well, is it providing us the actual satisfaction that we wanted to provide us? Right. And the answer was no. And if you have to keep going back and buying, buying more stuff, whatever it is that you're buying, whether it's children or, or uh, toys for your children. Yeah. Or, <laughs> children. Or Let's children. go buy some kids. That's a real good investment. <laughs> you tons of money for sure. <laughs> whether it's clothing, travel, whatever, you know, whatever your vices are, if those things were actually fueling your soul, if they were providing you true satisfaction, you would not have to keep going back to the store and getting more. That one it's sweater would be enough. That one bag would be enough. You wouldn't need more right. and more and more. And that's the thing. I think some people, you know, really hone in on stuff that, okay, that did it, but I need more of it. Now, we are huge wine people, but we don't just go, we buy it. It's an, it's an investment for us. You know, we, we like, this is one of the things, this is one of the things that brings us a huge amount of joy and we love doing it. Are we out of control? Some people might think so. We got like five different wine clubs over the year. So that means we're buying a case, five cases of wine throughout the year. Well, I would probably buy that much if I was just going to the store. But it's part of our entertainment budget because we get to go to the wines, wineries and taste. When we have friends in town, we get to take them. So now we get to fulfill some social stuff. 
I believe in funding our local economy. And if I was going to invest some money and do something to help build this lovely wine area that we live in, that's where I choose to do it. But there is never a, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm going to have to like cut this to get, no, if I decide, and we do, we go, sometimes we'll only have three and then we'll go up a couple. There's nothing that says this is something we have to have. We could cut it off in a heartbeat and we'd be mm -hmm. sure we just yeah. be done. But I don't think a lot of people think in those realms. I mean, I talked to, <laughs> I talked to a guy the other day and he's like, well, you know, I've got three gym memberships. I'm like, why the fuck, man? I mean, doesn't one cut it for you? Well, I go to this one because I like this. And then I'm like, no, you go to all of them because you're trying to hook up. Let's just get real, right? But <laughs> it's just, you real. know, sometimes, and again, we're not criticizing, but sometimes I think we all tend to not look at. My husband and I were just having this conversation last night. And he goes, how much do you think you spend a month on stuff? I'm like, well, I can tell you exactly how much my business stuff is. I said, but the bulk of mine goes into our food budget because we divide it. I do kind of food and he does all that other stuff. And then we both split the mortgage and we have like our things, right? He goes, really? That's all you spend all that on? I said, well, honey, it's not just food because I get the laundry detergent, all this sort of stuff. Anything that's like is house stuff. He goes, you got a lot left over? I said, yep. He goes, me too. But I, he goes, I think I could even have more left over. I'm like, well, he won't. He's out there. He won't do a budget. <laughs> Just saying, right? <laughs> I do a budget. I mean, I, I don't stick detail, detail to it, but I know where, hey, here's what I'm going to budget for this month. Sure. If I go over a little bit, that's okay. Business is totally different. I know exactly what those business expenses are. It's hard, though, for many people to think about the big B word. Yeah. It's like, oh, that feels so constraining. And it's like, it's only constraining if that's your mindset. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it, John and I believe that a budget is um is more most people say a budget says that I tells me no. I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. And John yep. and I like to flip it the other way around and say our budget tells us what we can do. Right? So when we, you know there's there's a number of different ways to budget, but one of the ways that we love budgeting is we love to set aside all the money that needs to be take spent on the things that we've already bought, right? Yep. So we bought a mortgage, we have a mortgage, so we bought a house, we have to take care of that. We bought a car, we have to pay for the car, bought, we have to pay for the insurance, all the things that we've already bought, right? Yep. So that includes utilities, everything like that. Take care of that right away at the very beginning. Then everything you have left over is the money you can do whatever the heck you want to do with it. Yep, exactly. You know, I, I don't know if I can draw, drop an F-bomb here, but that's probably well, what I, I just did, so don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. So, I mean, but, do... uh, you're, you're just so on, man, because this is what people get hung up in. Yeah. And then because of that, they don't do any. They don't do exactly. anything. Right? And then then they, they say, okay, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to spend the money. Right? Mm -hmm. And then you get to the point where you're like, oh, shit. Um, I don't have any money left over for this bill. Okay, put that mm -hmm. on the credit card. Oh, we don't have enough money for food this week. Okay, let's put that. On. Oh, we got invited to this party and we got to bring a bottle of wine and we got to get new clothes for it and blah, blah, blah. Right. And all of a sudden you're sitting there and you've added $500 to your credit card for the month. Exactly. Yeah, not that big of a deal, but you do that every single right. month and you're spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a year on in interest payments. Exactly. And enough people don't take and, and really learn the value of Okay, credit, there's nothing wrong with credit cards as long as you know how to really use them. I mean, I literally have five right now. And why do I have five? Because I have played every airline that I've flown this year. I mean, I had Southwest. I had um, I have a Chase Sapphire. And some of you are like, 
that's an expensive credit card. I'm like, kind of, <laughs> sort of. Yes, it. it's $500 <laughs> a year, but I get to get all the airline lounges throughout the world. I get, you know, TSA paid for. I get, there's so much I get paid for. And so as we traveled, because we had to do some different airlines and now our kids live in Seattle. So for where we live, Alaska Airlines. So I'm like, you betcha. So of course, as soon as our future son-in-law signed up for his Alaska credit card, then he got the offer. He emailed it to my husband and my husband then emailed the offer to me. I emailed it to my daughter. So <laughs> guess what? We all gained like over 240,000 miles by the lovely nice. little referral. And we all made sure we spent like the 3000 or whatever it was that had to get spent. So if you're like, nice. you spent $3,000 in a couple of months, I pay for everything with my credit card right. and That's every month I pay it off. Yep. There's never a balance. That's, never that's a balance. The, yeah, that's the important thing. John and I like to say that uh, using credit cards is like swimming in the deep end financially, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you don't know how to swim, you're not going to get in the deep end of the pool. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to push you in the deep end of the pool. But the reality is, is that's what happens with most of us. We get yep. lured into the deep end because we think of these rewards, this the 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 value that we get from it, and people who don't know how to use credit cards are the ones who are actually paying for the rewards for everybody else, right? Yep. Those rewards are not coming out of the profit of that company. They're coming from the people who don't know how to pay their credit cards off. And it's mm -hmm. the people who don't know how to pay their credit cards off that are paying that high interest, that money funds the rewards for everybody yep. else. And, and John and I, literally this past weekend, we booked a trip from the United States to Lisbon, Portugal, to mm -hmm. Barcelona, to Paris, and then back home. And that's, mm -hmm. uh, we're going, my, my stepson is graduating from college over there in, in uh, Europe. And so we're going to go for his graduation and we pay $220 for it. Right. Wow. So uh, that's because we've learned how to use credit cards yep. properly. I, I will say, just like you said, there are so many great benefits, but if please folks, if you don't know how to do them, don't, if you don't know how, if you haven't learned how to pay your credit cards off every month, don't sign up for reward credit mm -hmm. cards, sign mm -hmm. up for a cash back or yes. sign up for a, a very limited, uh, a, a low balance, uh, I'm sorry, low, um, uh, credit yeah. limit card and yeah. learn how to pay your credit cards off first every mm -hmm. month. Yep. That's what I do with our daughters. I said, here's how you do this. And here, you know, here's that. I, they're, and they're actually doing pretty good. I can tell there's a couple of times they're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you go figure this out. Right. But it's yeah. such a cool thing when you do get it and leverage. I mean, every, like anytime. So I haven't needed one recently, but anytime it's time. Okay. It's time for a new Mac. I have my Visa Apple card. I pull that sucker out because I'm going to, and I wait because I know there's certain times of the year that they, <laughs> always have to make sure please computer don't go down yet wait until they run the <laughs> right, special right? <laughs> but um yeah please hang on by that thread just for a moment but um there are certain times a year when you get to know your credit card companies there's certain offers that come along and like mm -hmm. every school year as soon as it's time for the school year to start apple does amazing bonuses if you need a new computer for anything or any apple stuff you get like these great discounts plus you get apple care for free for instead of paying for it there's because you use the Apple credit card, you know? So these are things to kind of look at folks and really like think through it, so. What we're doing right here, right now, this conversation mm -hmm. is what we want more in the community to do. 
it's not a scary discussion. We're not judging anybody. We're just kind of, this is how you use a card to get the most points out of it. This is, you know, you should wait till this time of year before you buy your Mac because you can get even more points rewards. Yep. Um, you know, this is the, the, the tool that I use to budget. This is how my partner budget. This is how I budget. That's right. all that we're asking the community to do. Most of us are afraid to have this conversation, yep. but it's just having this conversation like this that kind of gets the, that, 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 that broadens the discussion and makes us all better. So go ahead. I was just to throw just to throw it out there. Um, you don't have to start with okay. These are the strategies I'm using. That's not the conversation. That's not the conversation starter, right? The conversation starter is, I'm I want to do this. You know, so I want to go to Europe. I want to plan a trip to uh, go on vacation. I'm wondering, have you do you have have you ever thought of using credit card rewards as your strategy to get a free ticket? Start the conversation with your hope or your dream or something you want to do that you're excited about, right? right. Start off with your financial goal as the way to start the conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I have people who are like, oh, well, I would love to have my own business like you do. I'm like, okay, well, the first thing to do is get really clear on what that business is. And first, test the waters that you can make the kind of money that you want to make with. Don't do anything else and go invest in stuff like, you know, people come to me all the time about, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, well, it's really cheap. It's not that difficult to do a podcast to do it. But if you're going to really do it and you want to monetize it, that's a whole different ballgame. You need to think of it. You need to think of it like a business or it's a marketing arm. Mine is purely marketing arm of my coaching. That's all I want it for. But people don't take these big dreams and kind of break it down. And to your point of a travel or they, I, you know, I was at a, a function not long ago and somebody's like talking about getting a new car and i loved what one of the guys said like you know what what you need to do is you need to really sit down and think about all the different places you can actually buy cars these days and then go see what kind of good deals you can get because if you're cool with maybe doing a car bond and you don't see the car until it gets pulled up there's some specials that some people will give you not only in the lending and all that sort of stuff but there's certain things and then go look at any credit cards that you have because you might be able to put part of it on a credit card and gain some bonus and then move it to something else. There's all these different things that people don't realize you can do. And I think that's what we're getting at is have some conversations about, you know what, wow, Christmas is coming up. I'm looking at some, for some really great deals on places. Well, hey, here's some places online that I go every year to go like look for unique gifts or something that have really good specials. Sometimes people don't even know some of those things exists so um, i think it is about spread your wings have some conversations and um and know what you need you know again it comes back to what you need to do for you yeah. i think that's the biggest right. part of it exactly so it's what was the hardest part for you guys getting started like really reeling it in um well i think the we had to first get over the, the shock of it all because I, I think we were both in financial services, as David said, and I think we just assumed that the other had to be doing better than 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 we were. <laughs> like we both can't be doofuses. It turns out we were. <laughs> so I think we had to get over that. Um, right. th then the next thing that David did, which was brilliant, and I'm glad that he did it. At the time, it was painful, but he went and itemized all of our expenses for the previous year. Like it wasn't painful for me. It must have been painful for you. <laughs> <laughs> we had because we had to ask, where the fuck was all of our money going, and so he itemized mm -hmm. all of our expenses. And that's when we were surprised with actually where our money was going. On paper, we were rock stars, but in real life, it didn't feel like we we would never have described ourselves that way. But the way we were spending our money, it, it was ridiculous, and um. And then we had to figure out, I think ultimately the hardest thing was to figure out how did we get here? 
you know, there, obviously we, we figured out it was the credit cards and it was the overspending, but what was the psychology? Yeah. What was the emotion that made us get to that point? Um, and mm-hmm. then that took us probably about a year, year and a half to, to really peel back that onion. And then ultimately we realized simultaneously we were trying to make up for our past and, and trying to fit in desperately to our community in the present. Um, and we thought, well, Jesus, if, if this was providing us the true satisfaction, we would have to keep on this hedonic treadmill. And so we figured out how can we get off of that? What are the things that mattered most to us? What do we want our lives to look like? Get crystal clear on that. And um, everything kind of became easier after that. Yeah, Good stuff. So what's, what's in the future? How are you going to continue to help our community? What's some of the stuff you guys offer out there? Let's kind of, let's go for the shameless plug, even though I don't call them shameless. It's a really good plug because our community really needs this. I mean, I, I see so many people in our community and guys, you know, 40 and over, you know, younger people. I really feel for some of the guys that are in their forties, fifties, even approaching 60. And like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, how, for how many years did you think you had to do whatever you did? You know, and some of them are still hanging in that. And again, no, no disregard guys that I, you know, I think what we're inviting you to today is to really think about, you know, as you said, the spending habits, that's where it all starts. But how else do you guys help, um, you know, our community. Yeah. So our big project this year, we, uh, last year, last year, we published a uh, LGBTQ money study with the Motley Fool. Um, and w- one of the data points that came out of that was that 48% of respondents to our study said that they've been discriminated against by somebody in financial services. And 44% said that that discrimination played a part in their lack of financial security. So David and I have been in financial services our entire careers. We've been doing debt-free guys and queer money for anywhere from eight to, to 10 years. And we were just some surprised by that statistic. And we realized that, that despite the prevalence of financial services at all the pride parades around the country, um, how they sponsor, how they sponsor some of our, our, uh, our biggest nonprofits from the HRC to the Trevor Project, there's a there's not an authentic connection between financial services and the products and tools that they have available and our community. Our community isn't engaging with financial services in it, in the way that it needs to, to be able to reach the financial security that we all want. So we're trying to figure out what's a new way that we can bridge that gap. And so we're in discussions with some nonprofits and uh, major corporations to provide what we're calling Queer Money Academy uh, through... Mm, cool. um, Edelman Trust Survey comes out every year and continues to show that of all the institutions out there, NGOs, uh, politicians, media, universities, of all the institutions out there, people trust their employer to do right by them the most outside of everybody else. So we figured if there's a way for us to bridge the financial, personal financial education to LGBTQ workers and their Mm -hmm. allies through their employer, that might be able to actually get the conversation started in an authentic way. And then hopefully we can, we can bridge that gap between the queer community and financial services. That's awesome. Employer resource groups are amazing when you can get in there and start working with some of them and really doing the education, it's powerful. And again, this is just more to help people start to go. You don't have to feel like you're doing this alone. You never have to feel like you're doing this alone. You know, and it's interesting, you know, since you brought this up, the pride festivals, I always used to walk by some of the financial services stuff and like, we're a pride. Nobody's going to want to talk about this. But I always thought my marketing head, because I came out of marketing and branding, I'm like, because they're doing it all wrong. Mm -hmm. If they had a big old banner on their booth that says, we want to have more fun in life like you are right now, 
who's not going to at least stop and take a second look because the right. it's like of course i want to have more fun well let us show you how to do that nothing wrong with coming to a pride but if you're making if your whole spending your whole wad of cash for the summer on pride festival after pride festival after pride festival after pride festival it goes back to what you said about you just keep feeding you, you know this stuff and again not knocking that if that's what somebody wants to do but if it's at a detriment to your well financial well-being there's where these conversations could start. And I think anybody who's doing a really good job at reaching out to our community, you guys in particular, keeping that focus on meeting your client and you guys know this, meeting your client where they are, you mm -hmm. know, you have the conversation from where they are. So I am so glad that we had this conversation for the beginning of the year, because I think there's a lot of people hoping that may be thinking about this stuff. Every time I talk to any gay guy who's like, yep, I'm another year older. I'm getting, I need to do something. This financial stuff always comes up. It's always at the core in some way, shape or form. So appreciate yeah, I, you guys sharing I'll, all that. I'll throw something out there that I think probably a lot of your listeners um, are familiar with. Um, Golden Girls. There's a mm -hmm. very, there's a very powerful episode of the Golden Girls where, um, Dorothy and Rose and Blanche are sitting at the table and Dorothy, uh, uh, was it Rose or was it uh, Dorothy? One of them said, I never expected to end up here. Mm. Being in my 50s, working a part-time job and not having enough money to do what they were wanting to do. I can't remember which that, what, which, what it was. I that think that was when Rose, I needed to find a new job. Yeah. And the, the the sad part is that there are so many gay men, especially gay men who um, expected to die a lot younger, right? Who expected to be dead by the time they reached 40 or 50, prim primarily because of, uh, of uh, HIV and AIDS. But the rest of us kind of went along with a similar lifestyle as, the, as them. Um, and our goal with the Queer Money Podcast is to limit the number of queer people having to say that. I I want more queer people to reach their 50s, their 60s, their 70s, and to actually have the rest of the golden girl lifestyle, right? To right. be having fun, enjoying your life, getting out there and going to you know, Bahamas or wherever it is that you, NASA, right. wherever it is you want to go, right? We want them to have that. And that's, that's <laughs> so between the Queer Money Academy and the, and the Queer Money Podcast, our goal is to really just help people understand that they don't have to suffer financially. There's just a few things that they can tweak in their lives. They're not painful. It's yeah. not painful, especially yeah. when you turn it into a habit and then you can exactly. thrive financially. Seems like a great place to wrap it up, boys. So. Thank you. Thank you again. Their podcast is the Queer Money Podcast, and you'll be able to reach them all the places that they're available via their website, Facebook, all that good stuff. They are the debt-free guys at debtfreeguys.com. And I just want to say thanks again, David and John, for just doing what you're doing, contributing the way you do to our community. And, uh, and likewise, thank you so much for what you're doing. Hope you get that rental done. <laughs> you <laughs> get that part. rental done. Get it. Yeah. Get it out there. No more yeah. trips to Home Depot. So yeah. Anyway, Thanks for right, having guys. us on too. This is not the sexiest conversation. 
sometimes, but it's <laughs> well, unnecessary. Sometimes sec- non-sexy conversations have to happen. So yeah. this is if we had started this business it. when we were like 30 years younger, we probably would have done it shirtless. But now <laughs> there you go. There you go. I know. I hear you the same thing. So you, you never know. Every once in a while, flash them a little like, oh, they actually do have it. <laughs> anyway, but thanks again, guys, for being here. So appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Likewise. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.